So welcome to the Bailey. We're going to have a special episode today where we're going to have a 24-hour live stream where we'll cover breaking news on the growing COVID-19 pandemic. We'll be joined by CDC spokesperson. Welcome to the Bailey. Today's topic is going to be sex and violence. And we're joined by Edmund Nelson, Flashy Man, Neophos, and Peter Floatner. Let's go in alphabetical order, introduce yourself, and briefly discuss your position on the topic of sex and violence. I'm Edmund Nelson. I'm economist and person in a coding boot camp studying programming, not living in the Bay Area. Uh, the United States, Canada, Australia, and Great Britain have very sh- different standards when it comes to sex and violence. You can get away with a lot more violent content than you can get with sexy content. Let's go with Flashy Man. All right. I'm Flashy Man. I'm an earthbound mammal, one to two meters in height. I have no expertise and many opinions. And uh, most sex and violence in media doesn't bother me, but I do have the inkling of why they might be bad, and the Hayes Code was a good idea. I'm excited for uh, that steel man. Oh boy. (laughs) Neophos. All right, I'm Neophos. You can call me Neo. Uh, I used to be a teacher. I will be presenting the Swedish and Scandinavian uh, values on these things where sexiness and sex much more loud than violence. Peter, welcome back. Yeah, hi, I'm Peter Flötner. Um, I'm 27 years old. I have a master's degree in mathematics. Then I decided that math stinks, and now I'm getting a degree in theater and media studies. Um, I'm from Germany, and I will be um, representing the pro-sex, pro-violent side. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's start with uh, Edmund Nelson. You can give us uh, kind of a brief overview of the topic. Uh, it might be helpful to explain just briefly what the MPAA and ESRB is, at least with regards to which industry it applies to. Okay. So the MPAA reviews movies and television shows for content and will give you a rating. If you look at the top left co- right corner of your average television show, it will say something like TV14, TVMA, Y7. That is a rating given by the MPAA. If you look at the bottom right corner of your video games, the ESRB, or Electronic Rating Services Board, will give you a rating that is either E, E10, Teen, M, or AO. Uh, Those are the five ratings that you can get in a game. And depending on what rating it is, the game publisher will sell it to various companies. So GameStop, for instance, refuses to hold any AO game rated games, and certain other companies refuse to hold M-rated games. For a while, Toys R Us, for instance, had a policy where they didn't want to hold M-rated games. So an important thing to mention is that both of these classifications are voluntary standards implemented by the industry that they serve. Yes. Technically, video games are legally classified as art, So you can't actually legally restrict sales of them. This is done voluntarily by the industry to prevent parents from getting mad at the industry. Uh, There was also a risk uh, in the early 90s with uh, Tipper Gore uh, and uh, her crusade against uh, obscenity in media, where she was actively lobbying Congress for more forceful laws regulating that content specifically to protect children. So in some ways, perhaps this voluntary system was implemented by the industries as a way to kind of save their own skin and prevent any 
potentially more forceful action by Congress. So, uh, Edmund, what's your general interest in uh, the topic? So, a George R. R. Martin quote has a very good explanation of this. I can describe an axe entering a human skull in great explicit detail, and no one will blink twice at it. I provide a similar description, just as detailed, of a penis entering a vagina, and I get letters about it, and people swearing off. In my mind, this is kind of frustrating. It's madness. Ultimately, in the history of the world, penises entering vaginas have been given a lot of people a lot of pleasure. And axes entering skulls? Not so much. (laughs) What George R. R. Martin was saying is that you can get away with a lot of very explicit, very gory and disturbing descriptions of violence and get away with it in surprisingly reasonable ways, whereas descriptions of sexiness, even... Not what George R. R. Martin was saying, but just more, slightly sexier things are often tossed away. To start off with, we actually should go at the low end. What is the least sexy thing that you would consider sexy? And what is the least violent thing that you would consider violent? For me, I think the best examples of this are in the NFL, cheerleaders, and the football game itself. We'll go on to the rest of the group. That's pretty good. The one thing is to say, um, okay, this level of sexiness of violence is uh, the point where it starts uh, to be considered violence. But I think another thing is the context, because I mean, like, or the fighting in the NFL or however you want to call it, um, it's in a context. It's in sports and there are rules and this contextual contextualizes the violence. Yeah, it's like a form of cosplay violence. I just use the NFL because it's got both characteristics and it's fairly obvious and well understood as a cultural norm for Americans. I guess uh, Mario jumping on something is considered cartoon violence, (laughs) which uh, always amused me that it was even called violence at all. Yeah, and then then he gets the princess and this is sexiness. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go, Super Mario Brothers. I mean, you can you can also look at like uh, at fairy tales because I mean, in many fairy tales, the evil witch is punished and murdered at the end, and I mean, then the prince kisses the princess. This is, I mean, fairy tales can be extremely brutal, and th- still, it's uh, it's considered normal to tell fairy tales to little kids. Yeah, do you think that's because uh, fairy tales just have a more, I guess, they're grandfathered in? as part of the cultural zeitgeist. So they're not seen as this new scary thing. They're just seen as normal. Same with the Bible. I think it is that way. I remember my grandma reading out the actual Brothers Grimm fairy tales. And there there was a really um, gruesome one where like some guy has his eyes gouged out with thorns. And I found it terrible when I was five. But I mean, it's it's old. It's a classic. So yeah, you, you can read it to little kids. It- is definitely the case that older media is given a pass compared to newer media. An example would be the Odyssey or the Bible or the Epic of Gilgamesh. These things are extremely disturbing if you actually read them, but they get a pass because they're ancient, so they're classical literature. I never got to read the Bible as a child, so my my first real exposure to it was reading the R. Crumb adaptation in graphic novel format. So he spent seven years illustrating the chapter of Genesis. And his approach was novel because he didn't exclude anything. He made sure that everything that was in the Bible made it into his graphic novel. And there's a lot of really like fucked up shit that very much surprised me. My favorite was the story of Lot and his daughters. After Lot escapes uh, 
or migrates away from Sodom and Gomorrah after it gets destroyed. He just lives out his life with his two daughters in seclusion by a cave. Uh, But then they grow kind of restless and say, hey, we're not going to have any kids. One of them says, I know, let's just get him drunk and have sex with him. That way we get pregnant and can carry on our lineage. So on two nights in a row, he gets really fucked up because they feed him a bunch of wine and then they have sex with him. They rape him while he's intoxicated just so they can get pregnant. And the Bible just kind of is like, all right, and let's go on to this other story. There's, there's no, uh, I guess there's no purpose to it. Uh, it doesn't, it, it's, it's, it was bizarre when I read it because it's like, what, why is this here? Like what purpose does it serve? It's not like it's set up to, to teach a lesson or anything. I always wondered why they put that in the Bible. Well, it's hard to find maybe a, a logic behind it because there's just kind of a grab bag of information. Well, it's obviously someone's fetish, right? <laughs> <laughs> I read a very interesting article from a Bible scholar. It was about the uh, book of Revelations, but I think the same things apply. And he just said, you know, like people nowadays, they, they, they like Transformers movies where there are giant robots fighting each other because it's cool. And I mean, you have to think in ancient times, they also like things that are cool. So this is why you have those ridiculous descriptions of bizarre things happening in the book of Revelations because it's cool and it's attention catching. It's entertainment. The other thing I remember from uh, reading the first chapter of Genesis is how often this trope of a man and his wife visit a new city and have to like talk to the pharaoh or local mayor or whatever. And each time the man specifically instructs his wife to tell people that uh, she's his sister instead of she's his wife, because apparently the expectation is that she's going to be raped. But if she's his sister, then they don't have to murder him before they rape her. And this was just kind of like, (laughs) this was kind of like, oh yeah, like, you know, you know, make sure to pick up milk on the way home type of (laughs) advice when, when you uh, visit a new city, Uh, it's that, that kind of precaution and none of it's, it's not presented as kind of like a moralizing or cautionary tale. It's just kind of a a fact of life around the Bronze Age, uh, Middle East or whenever this was taking place. But there were at least three or four instances that I saw in just the first chapter of the Bible. Well, now you uh, know what to do when you live in the Bronze Age. <laughs> a big difference between the American and I'm guessing the Canadian and Australian way and Scandinavian way is that these companies are all private companies, right? The MBAA and ESRB and such. Yes. Because in Sweden, all the age requirements, they're set by the state. We have branches of government that set age requirements for movies and video games. None of this pussyfooting around with private companies. It's just the state says if it's okay or not. Yeah, we have this thorny prick in our back, and that's the First Amendment. Ah, silly stuff, really. <laughs> it does lead to like, a dramatically different legal landscape in, in many ways. Yes, so Sweden, we've actually changed the rules rather recently. Uh, we used to have, um, before I think it was 2011, the state used to to audit every movie, but nowadays they only audit movies that are for a younger audience. It's 15 and below. Anything that is considered to be 15 or above is essentially unaudited. No one gives a fuck. It's up to the cinema if they want to show it or not. So when you say when you say audited, what exactly does that mean? Since the the requirements are made by the state, that means that this is built into our law. Uh, so the punishments for going to go, going to watch a movie when you're not the right age is 
easily punishable by, by law. It's it's written into it, into the code of the law. The, the way that they like the ESRB has all those funny like this contains violence or this contains naughty language or drugs or whatever. We don't have that here. We just have the age requirements. And you have to go into some really dusty archives to find the reasoning behind the, the requirements. So it's just the state says this is 15 years only. You have to be above 15 years to watch this. Uh, so the state says that, well, you have to be 7, 11, or 15, at least. Those are the only three categories. There's no 17 or mature or whatever the ESRB and such has. So you said the standard for classification is in some dusty archive. Does that mean it's not, does it come off as arbitrary or unexpected or surprising? Or is it just... To me, it comes off as being journalistic because the language is rooted in being about the well-being of the watcher. If if a movie is given an, an age rating based on violence, it's not based on like how brutal the violence is. It's based on if the violence would make someone 7, 11, or 15 feel bad or feel anxiety for it. So it's like it's it's really hard to find out how they judged it. It's just some dude that watched this thought, oh, yeah, you'd probably feel bad watching this. Uh, it's not like, oh, this contains drugs and it has boobs in it, thus 15. So they never give uh, never give the reason, right? They do give reasons, but it's always in the form of this harms the well-being or this probably harms the well-being of the child. So it's more arbitrary whether or not you know if a show was given 15 plus, say, because it was containing large amounts of violence versus containing some weird scene that they didn't understand. Whereas in the SRB, they always say mild nudity, violence, and then something other statement and now they even have online interactions yeah and a big part of that is uh, sex is generally not rated like a movie can contain sex and still be okay for a seven-year-old it's and this is quite funnily written because if the sex has uh, let me find the exact quote here they use like if the sex has undertones of despair or angst it's not okay <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> what does that so, mean? Like, two people fucking. That's fine. Who gives a fuck? But if like someone is having an uncomfortable one night stand, no, that's not, that's not okay. That's not good. <laughs> so it, it is some sort of morality framework here that if it's if it's supposed to make you uncomfortable, children are not supposed to watch it. And if it's not, then it's fine. Really, violence is a bit more anything too violent will make you uncomfortable so so i want to i want to bring up a, an article that was posted and it was uh, published in time magazine and it was by belinda luscombe uh, from 2015 and it's called why parents worry more about sex than violence in the movies and this is something that has been puzzling me for a while but i i like the framework included in the article namely it says that there's not that much concern that people are that kids are going to engage in violence there is a great deal of concern that people are going to engage in sex. I think, you know, this is true for most people. Most people experience sex far more often than they experience violence. It's more of a normalized event, albeit with some consequences, uh, whereas violence is considered the aberration in the modern world. So it's not as 
concerning or you don't spend as much time preparing for it as you do planning or thinking about sex. That does ring true. However, if we go up the age rating ladder, TV-14 shows and PG-13 movies, you can see that the violence levels of those include some activities which people actually do. So, for instance, in Bellator MMA, has, is, which is mixed martial arts, is essentially no-holds-barred, no-rules fighting, and that is rated TV-14. Do you find that too low or too high? That's probably slightly too low. Though there is a sport, there's sport element to it. There's the fact that there's the referee, although the referee almost always steps in when you knock a guy unconscious. Admittedly, I'm kind of biased because I've done mixed martial arts, so I have broken multiple people's legs, multiple people's arms, and knocked three different people unconscious with my right hook. That's the most violent thing I've ever done in my life. Right, but do you, do you find it to be different? Because you're stepping into a simulation of sorts. Like you, you don't, you're not expressing hatred or anger necessarily towards your opponent, right? <laughs> well, it depends on which level you're talking about. Well, let me put it, let me rephrase it. You're not trying to kill the person. Correct. You're trying to get into a position where you might be able to kill the person if you continue. Right. <laughs> but there's an upper bound to the expectation of violence. It's not something that... You know, it's not like watching The Sopranos and you're like, holy shit, who are they going to shoot unexpectedly next? Sure. This is the upper bound of how violent your life will be as an individual. Does that change uh, the calculus of violence in your mind when there's expectation? Sure. It is definitely a case that a fantasy setting like the WWE versus a sports setting like the mixed martial arts like the UFC or Bellator versus a real setting like a street fight in the middle of nowhere have different settings and expectations. Like the WWE, I think, is rated PG now in many places. <laughs> you laugh, but the WWE is very, very close to the UFC, except it's all fake instead of being real. So there's clearly this idea that if it's fake, it's less bad than if it's real versus if it's really real. I mean, I, I laughed because I just... Uh, I laughed because I remembered uh, my teenage years watching that obsessively. And uh, it, it was interesting to see wrestling from the standpoint of Shakespearean theater, uh, which was uh, this random YouTube video that I came across. I'll, I'm, maybe I'll post it on the show notes. But it's this uh, grandiose setup of very dramatic acting, but it's done within this rubric of competition. But the main, the main draw is the storylines. Does anyone else have uh, thoughts about the Time Magazine article? Or at least the distinction why parents worry about sex more than violence? I think I... I find the notion bizarre how it is um, like how you summarized it because I mean people are mostly going to engage in sex eventually so I mean they will do this whether they watch movies with sex or not it's not that um, if you never know that sex exists you won't have sex you are a human being eventually you will sleep uh, with somebody so why why should parents be afraid of that? So, Peter, let me ask you this. What do you think the lower bound is for for an individual to engage in sexual activity in terms of age? And let's assume the other participant is the same age. I mean, something like, um, it, it's hard to say because, I mean, um, some people engage in sexual age uh, acts really, really early. But I, I mean, something like 13-year-olds having sex, 
with each other definitely happens. And I think like if they are not being manipulated and the other person is as old as them, there is no real harm done as long as they uh, don't get pregnant. Uh, what about 12 years old? I mean, the answer is basically the same. Um, But do you have a lower bound where you're like, okay, maybe this is getting dicey? If, if they aren't being forced, if it's their idea, why not? I mean, it's. I think the question is, can you can you really um, prevent them from uh, having sex? Well, no, it's not the question of preventing. I, I suppose, and I, I'm not trying to like put you in a corner maliciously. It's more trying to understand why someone, why a parent might be more protective of essentially censoring sexual information for fear of either normalizing or encouraging the early adaptation of uh, sexual encounters when someone is potentially too young to really deal with it responsibly. I mean, I understand that, but I still think it's a bad idea. I mean, people start with puberty at what age, like 10 or 11? And I mean, this is about the time where you discover where, uh, like, okay, maybe I have uh, those parts at my body and they, uh, when I touch them, I feel interesting. Um, why should you um, not tell uh, the kids what uh, their genitals are for? I mean, uh, the problem is if you don't know what they are for, you start feeling guilty. You start feeling weird because, uh, because you have a sexuality. But I mean, you can't escape uh, your sexuality. Right. So this belies a dramatically different approach when it comes to sex education between the United States and Europe, broadly speaking. Where the United States approach is more, you know, shut up, don't talk about it, don't say anything. Just, you know, wait until they'll figure it out on their own, uh, potentially within the bounds of a stable relationship. That's That's probably a notable difference. There, there's some infamous Norwegian sexual educations, and one very common disclaimer they have is that they are very embarrassing for the parents. <laughs> But they're, they're aimed at like eight to ten year olds, and they, they go through stuff like how the way your body changes, ejaculation, pregnancy, all that stuff. And they, they did two shows, and it's sent on the on the government-sponsored channel. It's public service. And one of them featured, and this is the really infamous one, it featured actual live people having sex. And the reason they did that, and it aimed at 10 to 12 year was because they didn't like the idea of pornography showing kids how sex <laughs> So, So they, had, they did a massive campaign and just regular people signed up to film themselves having sex. And then they were Kids were shown that in the classroom. This is how a regular Wednesday night fuck looks. <laughs> Wait, so instead of por quote unquote pornography, <laughs> they filmed people having sex? Yes. Just regular Joes and Janes. It's like, yeah, that's, I mean, was, that's how sex looks. What's the, the thing? I mean, they basically just like went on Pornhub under the amateur tag. <laughs> Right? Yeah, they drew some <laughs> criticism over this, but because I'm I'm not uh, really seeing, I can understand, I guess, like conventional quote unquote pornography, which is very, you know, done up and plays up to this fantasy that isn't realistic. But you don't have to go there, I guess, to find people having sex. Yeah, that was the, their main argument was that pornography shows in a very weird, both in terms of, I mean, their actors. And how they how they show pleasure, but also in terms of camera angles and stuff like that. So this was just 
two people lying in a bed. Yeah, this is how it is. Nothing special, really. And the uh, it's it's called Newton, if you want to look it up. NRK is National Norwegian Radio. They did a show. It's called Newton, and the the main host is pregnant. In the final episode, they actually showed her giving birth. Amazing. It, it was it was a coincidence. She happened to be pregnant during filming, and they thought, yeah, well, that's a pretty regular part of you know sex life. So the way that they looked at it was that you, you don't shy away. You just show it in an, as non-glamorous as possible, pretty much. And then you hope that the children kind of figure it all out, which they do. So how was that a dramatic, uh, was that a dramatic break from how uh, Swedish, no, sorry, this was Norwegian, right? Yeah, that was Norwegian. It was, let's just say Scandinavian uh, for, for this purpose. Was that a dramatic break from how broadly speaking, Scandinavian cultures approach sexual education? I mean, Scandinavian culture is very, very silent in general. I mean, you don't speak up. Very Swedish. Um, uh, these were probably the more extreme examples of sex education, but it, it starts early. Uh, I don't know when sex ed starts in America, but here the first classes on sex ed are in fourth grade. So that's 11-year-olds. Yeah, similar in Germany. In America, the first class on sex was fifth grade. Yeah, America is weird because it's going to be dependent on each individual state and each school district. Uh, so you're going to see some variation, but generally that's that's the timeline. But uh, at least from my experience uh, going through the American education system, it was very muted. The It was usually done by your physical education teacher who always looked extremely uncomfortable. They didn't really <laughs> want to talk about anything. They would just say, yeah, you know, there's crabs and gonorrhea and chlamydia also wear a condom. Also, you know, you should probably not have sex anyway because abstinence is the only foolproof <laughs> way, et cetera, et cetera. There's some, there's some horrendous, at least in my opinion, horrendous examples of things like teachers giving, like passing around like a paper towel and using it to wipe up something. And then at the end, they say, you know, this is what happens when you have sex with too many people. Uh, basically trying to impress upon the kids that sex is potentially shameful and dirty and something not to be uh, proud of and not to engage in. Yes, it's sad when Pornhub.com slash sex is probably better than virtually all of American sexual education. This is an actual real part of Pornhub, by the way. Wait, what is this? I, I don't know. what. I've never heard of this. Pornhub has their own sexual wellness center, Pornhub.com slash sex, where they talk a lot about sexual wellness, and it's very large and detailed and since it's Pornhub they show real examples <laughs> I had no idea this was a thing but it looks kind of cool actually that sounds like the world's most elaborate joke because usually if you go to Pornhub you don't also just like type sex <laughs> <laughs> I mean you would think that's a really important subdomain right <laughs> which is kind of assumed you know <laughs> so uh, the comment about Time magazine, it interests me because in my estimation, children are very violent. They just aren't big enough to uh, actually do anything with that, all that violence in their heart. What do you mean by that? Say more. Oh, they love uh, running around and hitting each other from what I've seen. Right. But that's all, again, within the rubric of simulation. Yeah, that is true. Like simulated violence is extremely widespread, you know, like making finger guns and shooting at each other and making pew pew sounds yeah that's common but it's kind of expected within that rubric you're not you know necessarily actually physically assaulting 
the person. That definitely happens, but that's not expected or seen as something to strive towards, I suppose. And I'm talking about younger, younger kids, not necessarily teenagers. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. When we're talking about teenagers though, we have actually slightly different standards. So, like normal, uh, sexual content for teenagers is, at that age, teenagers like sexual content, but because of moral guardians, they can't actually get as much as they want. So, people, companies are very good at making their sexual content approved of moral guardians, but at the same time, sexual enough that teenagers will like it. You can see this in a variety of Japanese shows, most notably Food Wars and Nisei Monogatari. There's an infamous scene on Nisei Monogatari, which would give you a PG rating by the MPAA because there's no nudity in it, called the toothbrush scene. And there's infamous scenes in Food Wars called Foodgasms, where people sexually respond to food. But again, since it's nudity but doesn't have any sexual connotation, it's still okay in TV-14. What's the toothbrush scene? So in the toothbrush scene of Nisei Monogatari, a man brushes his sister's teeth, and the girl orgasms as he brushes his sister's teeth in a interesting way. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's just like playing out phallic shapes in sexualized ways. It's almost five minutes long. watching it right now (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) i guess i'll post this in the show notes but it's basically this this woman sitting back as this guy slowly brushes her teeth but if it was in any other context aka if they were having sex her reactions would seem very plausible or at least context Appropriate. Yes, however, there is no nudity yet in it, and it has no sexual intercourse, so therefore it is perfectly acceptable to show to seven-year-olds. An example of terribly designed standards. The idea along with with animation and such that i mean you can do euphemisms in, in cartoons because technically they are okay so, so a lot of a lot of cartoonists are fucking pervert so a lot of a lot of cartoon scenes are euphemistically aimed at adults but they technically pass for being child approved can you think of any examples kind of hard i know that a lot of old disney movies If you look at them with a lewd enough mindset, they are, without a doubt, flirting or having euphemistic sex. But in terms of the actual cartoon, it's just, I mean, people talking or looking at each other, helping clean up or whatever. There is a trope about this called parental bonus, whereas parents will find something lewd or something funny or something disturbing, like that punch was spiked, referring to spikes. Whereas the parent will go, oh, that, that had alcohol. Um, that's the trope you're referring to. Yes, yes, exactly. My favorite example of this is from the Animaniacs. Oh, of course, they. that's listed in the TV tropes. Where uh, one of the characters is, is at, tasked with dusting, finding fingerprints. So she picks up a cartoon version of the musician Prince. And the guy says, no, fingerprints. And she looks at Prince, makes a disgusted face and says, no. 
And yeah, like that's no, no kid is going to get that. But it's a good joke. That's pretty blatant. Animaniacs was a really good show. So, uh, Europeans, what's your theory for why Europe has that dramatically different approach to sex than compared to the United States? I, I would say that um, generally, I believe that the like the American um, position to sex is very, very much influenced by puritanism. And since Europe exported most of its um, puritanism to you guys, this is why um, Europe has a more relaxed position on sex. Yeah, during the troubled years, like Europe sent all its Puritans and Quakers to USA so they could be Puritan over there. And all that remained in Europe was the perverts and the deviant. <laughs> Is that the story they teach in, in Swedish schools? <laughs> God, I wish it was. <laughs> Is that not the story they teach in American schools? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. In English class, I think all we talked about was either the Pilgrim Fathers emigrating from England or immigrating to the United States. And that's all you need to know, really. Yeah, yeah, really. This is all there is to American history. But what probably also goes there is that, for the most part, a lot of countries in Europe are a lot more sect than USA is. Because a lot of the puritanical streak around sect comes from the Christian morality and attitude. Like in Sweden, only like 5 to 10% calls themselves Christian, and probably even less actually, you know, reads the Bible, goes to church. Any, any kind of morality from above comes from the state, not from religion or stuff like that. And the state is probably more worried about violence than it is about, you know, kids fucking who gives a damn. Yes. It is also the case that in many European countries, they have much, much more strict rules regarding violence. Germany has many video games that it's banned, including Mortal Kombat and Call of Duty, including among many others. I think I recall there was like a German Half-Life... There was a German version of Half-Life where the enemies were slightly robotic and all the blood was green. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I had a terrible childhood. <laughs> uh, so peter does that does that prohibition have much support nowadays it's not as extreme anymore the problem was that until like i think three or four years ago um games were not classified as art so um their freedom of art did not apply to um video games at all and I think it has since changed a little bit and also the the attitude to games in general is not as, oh my god, this is so evil anymore. But I think I, I want to say one more thing about why uh, America and Germany are so different in this um, approach. Because I think what, what also factors in why America is so strict on sex is that, in my opinion, America is very, very much focused on... Um, on having um, guidelines that are laid out exactly and then are enforced exactly. Because I think there are those uh, rules that you you can say, I think, like one hard swear word in a PG-13 movie, but not more. So this uh, leads to like um, not counting the context in any way, only looking at what is there exactly and how can we classify it. I think you're giving the Americans... Uh 
too much credit on that end. There was this uh, documentary from 2006 called This Film Is Not Yet Rated, where uh, the filmmaker explores how the MPAA rates films. Because it's been an open secret where big studio releases tend to get a lot more leeway than indie releases. And generally, like, for example, women masturbating is seen as more purient than men masturbating. Uh, lesbian and gay sex scenes were obviously seen as more, they were seen as less appropriate than heterosexual sex scenes. So there was this kind of implicit, but unspoken set of standards. Uh, and the MPAA, the, the board or whoever it is that actually puts out these, uh, these ratings, they were anonymous for a long time. Like their identity was kept secret. So it was difficult to really check who these people are, whether they constituted a representative slice of American society. The ESRB tends to be better than, at this, though. Uh, there's actually a good documentary about the ESRB on YouTube. Isn't it still um, in the way that the American rating system uh, often disregards the context of what is, what is shown and only looks like at it, okay, we have this scene, it's, it is exactly like that, and it contains those things, and they are rated this way? No, because I just gave examples so, I mean, the, the most obvious one was uh, how uh, gay and lesbian sex scenes were treated differently from heterosexual sex scenes. That didn't consider the context. It was more, ooh, this is like disturbing and unusual. So it's going to have uh, a higher rating. But I mean, if you, um, if you are consistently uh, saying that gay sex scenes are uh, worse than straight sex scenes, this is still uh, the consistent uh, enforcement of some kind of guideline. I guess it's in some ways uh, consistently arbitrary. The other infamous scene comes from the Titanic. In the Titanic, there is the paint me like one of your French girls scene where you have a completely nude woman. That show is rated PG-13. That is probably the most sexual thing that you can find in a PG-13 film. I, I'm guessing you mean the most the most sexual thing in a PG-13 film outright, because in terms of euphemisms and such, you can find pretty raunchy stuff. Yes, most sexual thing you can get away with showing on screen explicitly. In written form and text, you can get away with a lot more. For instance, the odyssey is somehow shown in Amer read in american high schools when if you actually read the odyssey you'll know that odysseus sleeps with basically every woman he meets um so you can get away with a lot more in the written form than you can in the visual form in general so going back to the mpaa it was seen as a in many ways as an improvement because what preceded it was the Hayes code and flashy man this is your moment do you want to tell us what the Hayes Code is or was? Uh, so it was very similar, in my opinion, in that it was a code that the MPAA, or whatever it was called at the time, published just for their own internal uh, enforcement of morality matters in their motion pictures. And it has... Um, a bunch of a bunch of things you're not supposed to do and a bunch of things that you are allowed to do but you have to be careful that they're in good taste let's see so there are crimes against the law there's murder and of course movies can have murder in them at that time but the technique of murder must be presented in a way that will not inspire imitation Brutal killings are not to be presented in detail. Uh, revenge in modern times shall not be justified. You can't explicitly present methods of crime. You can't have illegal drug trafficking. 
you can't use liquor unless it's required for the plot or for characterization, which kind of seems like every use of liquor, but uh, there you go. Uh, you can't have many sorts of sexuality. You can't have uh, adultery. You can't show people having sex explicitly. Uh, you can't show actual childbirth. So around what time did this code, I mean, go into full effect? That's an interesting question because it was uh, it was published in 1930, but then it was only really enforced around 1934. So there are some pre-code movies that are actually during the code era, but then they uh, started to enforce it. But this this was uh, self-enforced, right? Because they made their own rules and then they followed. Yes. Though the studio system at the time, I'm told, was uh, sort of a vertical monopoly. So they controlled all the theaters that would show films. So if you wanted to make a film, uh, you would have to abide by these codes or it would never get shown in theaters. Right, because it sounds a lot like the also American comics after the seduction of the innocent was in the 50s, I think. 40s, 50s, something like that, which was also self-informed industry because DC and Marvel followed. So if you wanted to make comics, you pretty much had the following. Yeah, it seems like a common pattern in America that uh, industries will regulate themselves, perhaps out of fear that otherwise they will be regulated by the government. So Flashy Man, you're, you're in favor of the Hayes Code, right? Uh, yeah, I think... It, it has some uh, parts of it that I think in this uh, day and age we would view as unfortunate, like you're not allowed to uh, portray any sort of um, miscegenation. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been watching a lot, of, uh, a lot of old 1930s films recently, and it struck me that, you know, every time they want to portray characters uh, having sex. They just kind of, you know, go somewhere else for a little bit and imply it. And it struck me that uh, most sex scenes I've seen in movies are actually fairly gratuitous by my estimation. They could have just uh, cut to black or what have you. And uh, the result of doing that is you have a great movie that you can watch in mixed company, and it's great. So do you find that the gratuitousness of sex scenes is is a downside primarily because you can't watch it in mixed company or is there some other concern with it? So for me, it's primarily uh, because I can't watch it in mixed company, but I imagine the reason I can't watch it in mixed company is because uh, some members of the company, as it were, uh, really do not care for that. I think that's an interesting topic overall in that if you're watching a movie you got a TV on in the background during a social meet and there's a movie and there's a really violent, no one really cares. Like maybe someone comments and some kids getting chopped, but like, it's fine, whatever. It's just, but if you're watching a movie and a sex scene comes on, there's a really weird tension in the room because no one is allowed to be aroused. At least in Sweden, no one is allowed to be outraged because you're not supposed to be outraged at sex supposed to be outraged violent yeah it's kind of it's kind of awkward having an erection with your family in the same room yeah it's super it's super awkward so during the sex scene everyone was just sort of tunes out and then then it's done with and you can go back watch people get shot to bit whatever 
So maybe that's like the, the code comes and and the use of it comes from watching movies socially. But if you're watching it on your own, I mean, I dislike movies with gratuitous sex scenes because they're dull to watch. Like someone having sex for three or four minutes in a random sex scene, it's just sort of dull if I'm not in the mood for sex. The same thing, I suppose, can go for violence. But if I'm watching a movie with violence, I'm probably in the mood for violence. Flashy Man, does, does your argument rest on the uh, assumption that media consumption was much more centralized? As you mentioned, uh, movie studios did own movie theaters and people didn't have TVs. So there wasn't this, uh, there wasn't this niche boutique consumption of media. It had to be uh, made for the masses. And there were only three television stations at the time. So anything made had to be by necessity to apply to as many people, or at least to be consumable by as many people as possible. That's definitely a reason why they did it. But uh, I don't particularly care about that. I think it the Hayes Code, in part, makes m- most movies artistically better. So you find that there's a benefit to the Hayes Code from an artistic standpoint. Would you be able to identify on your own end any aversions or proclivities away from sex or sexuality or depictions thereof? Are you uncomfortable with seeing sex just on its own? Like, do you find that to be morally offensive? Oh, not particularly, no. I think an interesting part here about what Flashman mentioned with the fading to black instead of having a scene, because there's the the James Bond movie sex scene, the PG-13 version, where it's really dark and you don't really see anything. It's just two people roughly in silhouette in something that looks like a bed for a couple of minutes. Because the movie can't show anything out sexual, then it gets too high a rating. And in those movies, they would probably, they would probably benefit from just cutting to black, enforced instead of having to do that. Really, you can't see anything, but we assure you, it's a sex scene going on. That a lot of PG thirteen movies does. I mean, also there's the Alfred Hitchcock way where they kiss and then the train goes, train goes into a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I love that cut. That was genius. So, Europeans, do you find any uh, merit to uh, Flashy Man's praise of the Hays Code, besides what Neofoss said? I don't know. I, I think I would say that um, if you if you re- view film as something that you watch socially and that um, you watch in company, maybe maybe then I can and I understand that you want to regulate some content. But, I mean, if you view film as a, a medium of art then uh, the artist should be allowed to do whatever he or she wants. Well, it doesn't seem like... Flashyman, you, you're not necessarily arguing for government enforcement of the Hays Code, are you? Not at this time. <laughs> Is there a <laughs> but, scenario yeah. where you would? Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. No. So you just see it as kind of like a good aspiration for major producers to strive towards? Yes, perhaps. That would be a good way of putting it strict rules against sex they they would not only prevent the james bond uh uh soft sex scenes they they would also prevent something innovative like uh, Lars von trier shooting a bunch of people having uh, actual sex uh on hand camera yeah uh i've seen infomaniac too it, it's actually i think in uh idioten uh, he did it first i have so many <laughs> 
So many opinions on Lars Bart Trier. I think uh, <laughs> I have a suspicion that he's just like trolling his audience. Definitely. Because they'll put up with put up with basically anything since he's a, an art house uh, director. So Europeans, have you guys seen any of the Saw movies or any of the like, super violent things that are available to be seen in public theaters? And why is it that seemingly in Europe, I've, if you look at banned films and banned movies and banned video games, that a lot of the super violent films and video games and movies are either not shown in European theaters or just banned outright in the case of a lot of German rules. Um, why is that, and like, what does Europe seem to have against violent content in general? In Germany, it's not as strong as it used to be in the 80s, like um, really, really normal action films like uh, Predator would get, um, it's it's hard to call it really banned, it's more, some, it's more of a soft ban, but um, yeah, in the 80s and 90s, action films with violence were often soft band so to say but in many cases it has since been reverted so would either of you uh argue in favor of a more strict approach to violence no 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 i mean everything that um applies to sex applies to violence as well if um a director wants to see uh, wants to show people's faces melting in gruesome way um he shall do it there's a difference between being allowed to be shown and being called and being allowed to be shown to 16-year-olds. So an example of this is Mortal Kombat definitely always tries to stretch the line as thin as they possibly can get. There's that, which is for 16-year-olds, whereas something being AO, like Saw 4, isn't actually something that destroys a film or makes it not artistic, have artistic merit. It just means that voluntarily movie theaters will refuse to show it to anyone under the age of 18. Is, is Saw considered to be notably more violent than modern Mortal Kombat games? Yes. Saw 4 is a extremely violent uh, student film, essentially, where a person brutally depicts things. And it's NC-17 in many, for many of the films. A few of the films are rated at are, and a few of the films are rated NC-17, but the Saw movies are still the Saw movies. It's not like you can't play them. Similarly, um, even though, say, Senron Kagura is M-rated, there is the AO game Rayplay, and Rayplay <laughs> is... Oh, gosh. Rayplay is still a real game that you can play. <sighs> Don't play Rayplay. This gets us to... Uh... I think Rape Play was created specifically just to test the boundaries put down by Valve. So Valve in their Steam storefront, they were struggling with how exactly to curate their catalog for objectionable content. And me being a free speech maximalist, I really appreciated their approach because they basically said, look, we, we're never going to agree. So we're just going to allow anything uh, unless, quote, I think they said unless it's just straight up trolling. That's the only real limitation that they uh, put into place. So they, they basically allow anything to be on Steam, including very sexually explicit hentai visual novels. Yeah, hentai visual novels. Uh, but they just kind of rely on the tag system to, to act as the filter so that people get the curated experience and not necessarily get bombarded by, uh, by 
whatever they they don't want to see. So the the lineation that they implemented was vague. What exactly does it mean to be straight up trolling? And there were a few uh, entries that tried to push that limit. So rape play is is one of them. Um, I think there was also a, a school shooting game that was distasteful for a variety of reasons. Uh, but on the for the most part, it seems to be working in the sense that you know it's given the size of the catalog that Steam has when it comes to PC games, it's surprising how relatively easy it is to still navigate it and find what you're looking for. Yes, Twitch, however, has a very different standard. Obviously, you can't play any AAO games on Twitch, but Twitch has a very extensive list of games they've banned. And for a while, one of the games that was banned on Twitch was Senran Kagura Estival Versus, which is kind of ridiculous that that game got banned. What is that? That's a game based around Dynasty Wars. It's a beat-em-up game where they have a bunch of different girls who do a bunch of different things, and you can play dress-up. And since you can play dress-up, it was banned on Twitch. Some of the dress-up games are kind of disturbing in Senran Kagura Estival Versus. But another game that was banned on on tw- Twitch was Sakura Fantasy, which I went through the whole game of Sakura Fantasy and found nothing as disturbing as the Titanic painting scene. That was probably as close as it got. So I just... Twitch has a very different standard when it comes to this. There was a girl who was banned on Twitch for showing her thighs in a Chun-Li cosplay, which was just ridiculous. <laughs> but I ran, made a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournament on Twitch, and that was okay, When I, even though I heel-hooked somebody's leg and broke it. Yeah, Mortal Kombat is okay on Twitch, right? Yes, Mortal Kombat 11 is okay. Yeah, Mortal Kombat features stuff like people cutting up faces and dragging out brains and then smashing the brains. It's like the yeah, most they went, they went all out. bloody gore you can possibly make. Yeah, the new fatalities have like x-ray vision, so you see exactly which bones are breaking and which muscles are being torn apart. It's a really good lesson in anatomy. Well, Senran Kagura, isn't that, I mean, pretty much, I mean, girls running around in skimpy clothing shooting super soakers? That's Senran Kagura Peach Ball Splash. I'm talking about Senran Kagura Estival versus where you are ninja girls running around doing shinobi things. Oh. Senran Kagura Peach Ball Splash is the super soaker game where you super soak people's clothes off, yes. That game's allowed on Twitch. I'm watching the dressing room clothing destruction video that you linked. What the what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I did my prep for this for this note. I yeah, tried, you, you went certainly as did. Deep as I could into the depths of hell. I mean, it, it, what I'm seeing is characters wearing clothing, and then it looks like these mouse hands that are like violently wiggling. Like Mickey Mouse hands that are violently wiggling and slowly dis- tearing apart the clothing until the person gets more and more naked. I think I'm more disturbed by the mini- Mickey Mouse hands than anything else. That is in that is the most disturbing part of Senran Kagura Estival Versus, and you're not allowed to stream that on Twitch. But you are allowed to stream the normal gameplay loop on Twitch. <laughs> well, I, can, I can understand why Twitch decided this way. Yeah, now I'm seeing the Mickey Mouse hand slapping butts and boobs. Cool. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> Edmund, did you have anything else on your notes? Uh, how far you can go into the extreme ends of the M-rated spectrum, which is the last topic where you compare. Yeah, maybe that that's a good uh, that's a good thing to end on. Let's go. Let's go with that. Okay. So, the M-rated spectrum, which is on books, it's sixteen plus. In movies, it's R-rated films. In video games, that would be M-rated games. And television doesn't actually have a rating above TVMA, as I learned. So, because Game of Thrones is rated TVMA, and that's definitely would be an AO-rated game or a NC-17-rated film. So, you can look at the difference between those two categories, which is sort of the extreme end. We do have a few films and a few video games that are AO-rated because they are too violent. And we have a few films, notably the Saw films. And... Well, obviously, porno games are banned, are AO rated, or not rated at all. There are surprisingly many games that are AO rated, that or were AO rated, that didn't seem that disturbing sexually, or seemed surprisingly disturbing violently, that were rated M. Mortal Kombat games are obviously trying as hard as they can to be as violent as possible. But you look at the Grand Theft Auto games. In Grand Theft Auto... There is a scene called the hot coffee scene, which got that Grand Theft Auto game rated AO, and then they removed it, and it became not rated AO. Well, to be fair, that was cut content. That was only accessible in the PC version. That was cut content. It was rated AO during the hot coffee scene, and then they cut the content and got not rated AO. So that was, that's a, that was the best example I've ever seen of the ESRB showing exactly where the line is drawn. That was So that was an interesting situation, because... You had to do a lot of work to find this hot coffee scene. And I mean, for those that don't remember, it was like really lame 3D models sort of dry humping each other. And you can switch the positions, the sexual positions of the characters. But it took a lot of work to get there because I think it was only available on the PC version, which allowed you to access the cut content. And then you had to download a mod, install it. uh, And then finally, you get to see this like extremely mediocre 3D uh, humping scene. But this, even though it wasn't intended to be part of the game, someone had to do a lot of work to dig it out. The ESRB still considered it part of the package and therefore rated GTA San Andreas accordingly. And I think they, they lost a shit ton of money trying to like recall all the CDs and revamping everything. So it was a significant financial hit for Rockstar. Yes, and the other game which shows this pretty well is the god of war games the god of war games had the goddess aphrodite which was depicted in a way that is fairly historically reasonable and kratos has a nice sex scene with aphrodite and it cuts away the camera away from kratos and aphrodite towards aphrodite's two servants who are topless and standing there and commentating on the scene which sort of indicates how far you can get with the ESRB and still be okay. I think that that game is on fairly shaky ground. Doesn't doesn't the same game have a scene where you like throw a woman under these giant gears and then flip a lever so that she's crushed under the gears? Yes, God of War is pretty much the most in all regards as M-rated as you can get. It probably was sent to the ESRB multiple times before they got went from AO to M. <laughs> I'd love to read those notes uh, someday. It's like, okay, what about now? What about now? What about now? And it just 
trying to do as little as possible to change the rating. In, in terms of violence, God of War 3 has a scene where you get a point of view shot of someone pushing your eyes into your skull. Because you, you see from the point of view of, I think it's Apollo, when Kratos mess, like crushes his head and pushes his eyes into his skull. And that's pretty brutal. But, I mean, they passed just fine, I suppose. So, so in terms of violence, they, they probably get away with more over-the-line stuff than they could for sex. So there are a few games that do make it over the line. The most notable in recent times is the video game Hatred, which pushed itself pretty far and actually got an AO rating for violence by the ESRB because it was disturbing and disgusting. That was surprising to me in a way. I mean, it, it was obviously intended to be as sensational as possible, but it was also just basically the first postal game because it was this top-down shooting uh, simulator. Not that different from Postal, but to be fair, Postal also caused a significant stir when it when it was released. I would say that Hatred wasn't even very far from the early Grand Theft Auto game. I mean, it wasn't really that, you know, high graphical fidelity or super realistic. It was just the, it was like the marketing campaign that made it AO. Yeah, perhaps maybe the distinction that everyone latched upon was that the goal of the game was to shoot unarmed civilians. Whereas in something like Grand Theft Auto, you can do that, but it's not, it's incidental. It's not the per- primary purpose. Yes. So are ISIS propaganda videos AO rated because you shoot on, they shoot unarmed civilians in ISIS propaganda videos? I mean, yeah, there's always going to be carve outs. It depends what context you're in. Uh, hey, no one, no one's going to be able to argue that hatred has like quote unquote newsworthy uh, purpose or there's a public interest uh, purpose in in seeing the violence depicted therein. The giant exception for violence depicted in media is as long as it has like a public interest relationship or it's newsworthy, then then you can show it. The incident that I'm thinking about is Bud Dwyer, who um, was the state treasurer of Pennsylvania, and he got caught up in like this corruption scheme and. Um, he felt targeted that he was prosecuted and convicted. Uh, and then he, so he held a press conference where a bunch of people showed up and he read a statement, then pulled out a revolver and shot himself in the head. And that footage was captured by, you know, a dozen cameras. And this is in 1987. And a lot of those stations just aired it on the news. And you see this guy shooting himself in the head through his mouth and his skull caving in. Uh, it, it's you know horrific to watch, but that that was that was displayed, that was broadcast on TV. Ma- mature means sixteen plus. Well, adults only is eighteen plus. Yeah, something like that. You're you're gonna have different tiers depending on which me- which type of media you're you're in. Yeah, and this probably goes as well with the the sexual age of consent in most parts gets eighteen, right? Uh, no, no, not always. In more U.S. states, it's 16. 16 is actually the modal though the and the median, though the average is 17. And some states have what is known as Romeo and Juliet laws, where the age of consent is lower if you're the same age, something like that. Sweden has consent at 15. And the same thing goes for everything. Like, at 15, you can watch any movie you want. You can play any game you want, and you can have sex as you want. Um, and I feel that those two probably correlate quite a bit in that 
in Sweden after 15, you are considered in every way except for legal punishments as an adult. Well, I suppose that in America, you are first considered an adult at 17, 18, stuff like that. Technically, you can't drink until 21. Yeah, you, you have some stuff like that in Sweden as well. You, you can drink in restaurants at 18, but you can first buy the same alcohol at 21. That's an interesting poly policy choice. Sweden had its own prohibition and our alcohol law. So then books. Books seem to be you can get away with virtually anything at 16 plus. Uh, Beowulf and comic books, actually, surprisingly. You can get away with a surprising amount in comic books. There's a, about to be published a com Japanese comic book, Parallel Paradise, which was described by many people on this place as porn. That <laughs> I can. I mean, I saw it. It was it was rather explicit. I'm not going to link it on the on the show notes. You can find that on your own. You can find it on your own. Yes, Google it. Um, it's very disturbing in some aspects. So that's a 16 plus rated comic book. So I guess the print medium probably has a lot of very different standard, and it's probably a lot looser than video mediums like video games and movies well so how does how does comic book rating i didn't even know that there was ratings for for comic books is that just by done publisher by publisher i don't know it seems to be publisher by publisher or might be there's a standard i didn't even know there was one but apparently everything i looked at the back of all the comic books i had and sure enough they had an age rating the the comics code was self-enforced companies so i'm guessing they they are self-enforcing age ratings as well yeah it seems just like good industry practice for you to like put you know it's like it's like board games where you say you know this is suitable for ages two to six or whatever peter uh i think there was a, a german article that was posted with examples was that you uh yeah i i did not post the article but um it, it mentioned uh, uh one specific film that i also wanted to quote um as an example it has it has a sex scene. I would now uh, read out the description from the parental guidance page on IMDb, and then you can guess what rating it got in Germany. So uh, they write, The film contains a scene where the female protagonist asks, asks a man to masturbate and ejaculate onto a piece of pastry, which he promises to consume in front of him. The man proceeds to do so. He's seen masturbating from behind, with his hand visibly moving and slight glimpses of him explicitly rubbing his genitals can be seen. The motion is very quick, however. The man ejaculates off-screen, then lays down and is seen touching his penis uh, in full view before he pulls up his pants. The woman then eats the pastry. The man's semi-erection can be seen through his underwear as she eats it. So what rating do you guess um, got this film? <laughs> PG-13 or R? Maybe an R? I, uh, in, in Sweden, this would probably be 11 plus. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can quote you exactly what the government has written about it, about a movie getting 15 plus. So, I guess, uh, I guess that scene doesn't necessarily cause despair or yeah. whatever the standard is. <laughs> Sweden's 11 plus is closer to RPG-13 than yeah. RPG. So, uh, Peter, what's the rating? Well, obviously, in the USA, it got an R rating. Um, in Germany, it got uh, the equivalent of a PG-13 rating. 
What movie is this, by the way? It's um, Tony Erdmann. It's a comedy. Of, yeah, like it's it's about like a, a woman who is um, alienated from working in like high performance um, uh, coaching or something like that, and she is um, terrorized by her uh, prank uh, playing father. It's a comedy. And it what uh, it it ran to uh, great critical acclaim in Cannes in 2016, and also was nominated for the foreign film Oscar, but did not win it. Of course, it did. It's really great. I can recommend it. Yeah, like um, I I looked up the reason why it got the equivalent of uh, um PG thirteen uh, rating, and they say like, well, the it has this uh, slightly bizarre. Uh, emotion the sex scene but um it could could irritate uh, viewers age 12 the government or rather the rating agency does not believe that the viewers would be harmed because um like uh the rest of the film is not like that does doesn't make the scene as terrible i tried to find the scene on youtube but i couldn't i wonder <laughs> why <laughs> well apparently you can find the faces of death on youtube which contains live footage of people dying or the aftermath of death that was the classic uh, snuff film or quote-unquote snuff film so in 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 sweden a couple of years ago that movie would have had the rating forbidden because any movie that was not explicitly rated had the rating forbidden that rating has since been deprecated it's not used anymore it's just unrated now in, in sweden in order for a movie to be 15 plus the official description is that for children, it will, and this is translated by me, maybe they'll have trouble sleeping, have nightmares, or react with anxiety. Some may not dare to do what they previously could. Maybe they become afraid of being alone, have a hard time concentrating in school, or feel disturbed by having uncomfortable and scary images in their head that they can't get rid of or control. And I don't think that scene would cause any of that. So it would be 7 or 11+. plus. No, it, it, I think the scene is just weird. Yeah, weird does not cause nightmare. Yeah, it's like too bizarre to disturb anyone. We can do concluding thoughts if anyone has any. So, while the ESRB and MPAA are probably the greatest step forward in a long time, I think their standards are slightly iffy. However, it seems like their standards are reactive to the culture of the time. And so, if content like the Food Wars foodgasms are more acceptable, then they'll change their standards. And ultimately, they're very good organizations with very hard jobs. And I might complain about some of the things they do, but ultimately, they're probably some of the most functional self-regulation agencies I've ever seen. I think a notable thought here is the difference between America and Scandinavia is that America is more prude in terms of what is allowed for what age brackets. But the prudence is almost always internal, comes from the companies themselves. While in Sweden, all of this is mandated by government agents. So in in USA, a lot of the companies that censor do it to themselves rather than because they have to obey the law, which is an interesting requirement that they put on themselves rather than because they have to. For me, this topic kind of becomes more moot over the years because... So much of media consumption is niche and individually tailored. You can watch as much violent content as you want or as much sexually explicit content as you want with nothing really in the way of stopping you. So everyone kind of has available to them this immense library of media to consume without any real limitation. 
the only real, I guess, discussion or concern is whether is what penetrates the cultural zeitgeist in terms of what people end up talking about. But we've also seen things like, you know, Game of Thrones, which is horrendously violent and extremely sexually explicit, become mainstay conversation topics. So it's hard to predict exactly which one is going to be, what is what exactly is going to be a bar to that. I think in, in the age of the internet, um, trying to shield people from anything kind of loses its point because you can you can just go on 4chan slash B and look at much more violent and sexy images than you would ever see on TV in any age. Yeah, or you can go on Pornhub and type sex. <laughs> No, the, this would be insane. This would be perverted. <laughs> it's like going on Amazon and typing things to buy. Pornhub slash, slash sex is educational, not perverted. Yeah, but then you <laughs> might actually do it. It's 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 even worse. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, the Hayes Code simply says uh, sex perversion or any inference to it is forbidden. So it would have forbidden the toothbrush scene. <laughs> so the Hayes Code basically figured it out in 1927. Yeah. I know it when I see it. Yeah. Otherwise, you get a bunch of rule lawyering to try to get around all the restrictions. Okay, cool. I think that's it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us.